What's going on gamers? Welcome back to the Graveyard. I'm the Graveyard Gamer and thank you for joining me for this kind of special episode of Graveyard Gaming. Because over the last couple weeks there have been two games that have dropped that have kind of got the different corners of the gaming world excited. The first one being the remake of Resident Evil 4 and people are going crazy with good reason. The other one is from a different corner of the gaming world and that is WWE 2K23. And the very exciting part about all of this is me who typically doesn't get a lot of games on day one have both of those games and I've been able to play through them. So I wanted to do this. I wanted to give you guys my first thoughts, my initial impressions, if you will, on both of those games instead of just doing a typical graveyard gaming episode. So that's what this episode is going to be. I'm going to talk about Resident Evil 4 in the first five hours that I put into this game and then I'm going to move over to WWE 2K23 and I'm going to talk about all the different things I have tried out, my first thoughts on both of these games, the things I have liked, the things that maybe I'm kind of waiting to see how they play out, but all of that. So with that being said, let's jump in. Let's start with Resident Evil 4 and let's talk about those first few hours. Now let me also say this, I am not trying to spoil anything for anybody. Obviously, there may be some slight story spoilers or, or whatnot. If you're completely blind to Resident Evil 4, just be aware of that. But with that being said, let's jump in and let's talk about my initial thoughts of Resident Evil 4. So gamers, when it comes to Resident Evil 4, let me just say that I played this game way back in late 2005 on the PS2, and I absolutely loved it. Like, ever since then, there's kind of been a debate in my head, is it Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 4 that I like most? And I gotta say, in 2021, that spring, I actually picked up the PS4 port of Resident Evil 4, and I thought, you know what, that trip that I was gonna go on, if you've listened to the show, you know what I'm talking about, I'll play it at some point then. Well, during that time, they did announce, and they showed off the first trailer for this Resident Evil 4 remake, and I was blown away. And at that point, I was like, yo, I one, I really, really want this remake, and two, I just had to play just a little bit of that PS4 port of Resident Evil for just to kind of, I don't know, scratch that itch, if you will. So I only allowed myself to play through the Village Square. You know that part in the game, if you played the Resident Evil 4 remake chainsaw demo, that's exactly what it is. You just have to get to the town square where the chainsaw guy comes out and then eventually the bell rings and they all go away. That's all I allowed myself to play. I just wanted to scratch that itch. So I can tell you, going from that and then waiting until playing this demo, I'm so glad I did because let's just start off with the graphics. Man, oh man, the graphics in this remake are absolutely gorgeous. Look, Resident Evil 2 and 3's remake were no slouches either, but this one is gorgeous. Like, I think it's amazing. And look, I'm playing on a PS5, and I just, oh man, I am constantly blown away by how good this looks. Now, let me just also say this. The game, when you start off, it gives you the choice to focus on frame rate or focus on the resolution. And the first thing I did was I went for the first couple of hours focusing on frame rate. And I got to say, I still thought it looked gorgeous. After a couple of hours, I was like, all right, cool. Let me switch over to the resolution. Still looks gorgeous. And I have yet to see any kind of frame rate lagging, slagging, dipping, anything. Now, let me just caveat that and say that if a game is running at 60 frames per second and it drops down to about 40 frames per second, I really can't notice that. Like, I just don't have that eye for those things. But as far as I'm concerned playing the game, I have not had an issue with graphics or with frame rate, so it's just a beautiful, beautiful game. But as much as I can talk about the character models and how good Leon looks in this game, and even his hair. Hair is something I talk about where it looks weird. This game, it looks good. I can talk about the villagers and how just dirty they look and how you just think, man, this place is gross. There's mud everywhere. It just looks like it'd be the worst place to visit, right? And it looks just cold, right? Without being cold, it looks rainy, dreary, cold. 
But the thing that I want to really focus on with what they do with the graphics and the lighting and all of that is the atmosphere. Look, this game has atmosphere in just tons, man. I mean, I never feel like I am safe in this game. Like, I am walking through this game, and I'm sitting there at any moment expecting somebody to jump out of bushes around me, even if there's no sounds. Like, that is just something that is built upon by having awesome design, an awesome sound system that lets you hear things and go, what is that? Creepy little things they've had, like different, like, I don't know, man, like little road signs that are just big X's and, like, symbols everywhere and just... You know, when you do see people and they just kind of pop out of nowhere, like you kind of stay on edge the entire time you're playing this game. It honestly reminds me of Resident Evil Village. Now, look, when Village came out, a lot of people compared it with its aesthetics and whatnot to Resident Evil 4, and that makes sense, right? However, in this game, it reminds me of Village, and I specifically mean the parts where you're walking through and you can hear the likings, and you just know at some point, man, them werewolves are going to jump out and they get you. I stay on edge waiting for that. Like, I would not be shocked if a werewolf popped out at some point while playing this game they added in there to fully connect those two games. Like, that atmosphere, it's almost suffocating. We're like, oh, man, this is just, this is creepy as all. Get out, and you know what? For this type of game, I absolutely love it. Like, it is just adding so much to it. And again, beautiful looking, but the way they, they designed this game to look and just sound and feel like, oh man, the atmosphere is on a different level. Now, when it comes to controls, this is really where I go back to that PS4 port, because that PS4 port really didn't do a whole lot. I think it might be a quote-unquote remaster, but I mean, it feels just like the PS2 version, right? And I can tell you there's a lot done with controls here. For one, the biggest one is, if you don't know this, in the original Resident Evil 4, when you go to aim, you're locked in place. Like, Leon cannot walk and aim. Like, it just doesn't happen. In this game, you're free to walk around. I mean, honestly, the controls are extremely similar to Resident Evil 2 and 3. It's very smooth. It's very fluid. There's a quick turn that will help you out in a lot of different sticky situations. The gun combat feels good. Like, I mean, every gun that I have fired so far, it just feels good. I, I can't explain it. You know, in Resident Evil 3, you can check out my review right here on Spotify. I've talked about how I felt like in that game, the zombies were a little bit more bullet sponges. Like, I just felt like, you know, it took way too many bullets to take them down. Now, in this game, you're not going to one-shot, headshot, and kill one of the villagers. It, it's just not going to happen. Like, that's not how this is built. You're going to spend a couple of bullets on each villager, some more than others, depending on what's going on. And I can say I never still felt like it was bullet spongy, right? Like, it, it just feels a little bit more even paced. Like, hey, this is just not the headshot game, right? So you're going to spend more. But I feel like they, they don't go overboard with these uh, different villagers that you're taking on. Now, that being said, I also have to point out that when it comes to ammo, I think they do a good job of not making ammo super scarce, which is important. If you're going to require me to take more bullets to take down villagers, you got to make it out there. And I'll be honest, for the most part, I mean, you can find plenty of ammo throughout each of the areas, especially if you go on a killing spree and there's a bunch of people around, you can almost bet that you're going to be able to pick up ammo, and I think that's important. You can also craft ammo. If you get enough resources, you get enough gunpowder, and I'll be honest with you, because of the way the ammo drops are out there, I've never really had to craft too many handgun bullets like I have here and there. For the most part, I can kind of save those resources to craft shotgun bullets or rifle bullets, so I definitely appreciate that. Now, the other big step up to combat is your knife.
because your combat knife can be used in multiple different situations. Number one, there is a light element of stealth to this game. And ultimately, once you get seen in a section, everyone's going to see you. You can't like lose them or anything like that. You can't do too much, but you can go into an area, crouch, sneak up behind people, and with R2, kind of instant stab them to death. And that is pretty cool. You can also, if you get into a sticky situation and the enemies are up on you and they're grabbing you, instead of like tapping or holding down the X button to kick them off, you can insta-kill them with a knife as well. Or if you shoot them and they fall on the ground but they start moving, you can also run up to them and that'll also allow you to insta-kill them with a knife. And then importantly, you can also block. If somebody's got a axe or the chainsaw, for example, if you hit that L1 at just the right time, you will parry them. It's a really cool sight to see. Just be aware that all of that comes with a cost, and that is durability. See, that combat knife can only take too much until it's broken. And I'm going to talk about how you get it fixed in just a minute. But again, the combat feels great. Say you headshot somebody and they stagger back, you can now run up and with the X button, do a melee kick and knock them on the ground. A lot of times it just flat out kills them. Sometimes, you know, you do have to follow up with a shot in the head or maybe that insta-kill with the knife. And then I got to say, I thought this was really cool. I'm going to share this out on Twitter. You can check it out. It's Graveyard G. But I actually had a lady. She was throwing a hatchet at me. And it was completely by happenstance. I was actually aiming for her shoulder to shoot her before she threw it because that will make them drop the hatchet. So just a little FYI. But I was a second late, so when I shot it, I actually shot the hatchet out of the air. I thought that was awesome. So yeah, you can shoot them in the arm. They will drop whatever weapon. Or if they're coming to you, if you can shoot them in the knees real quick, they'll also stagger, and that will help you get a little bit of space. I typically kind of try to work crowd control by either shooting arms or limbs if I can't get headshots, or I switch over to the trusty shotgun, which, by the way, in that village square area, if you go upstairs to one of the houses, that's where the shotgun is, FYI. Now let's talk about the merchant because I mentioned him with the knife. So when you get to the merchant, understand that on your way, if you're looking around, you see a note up and it might give you a little task. That's a little side quest. They talked about adding side quests in this game. They're very small. Some of them might be like, hey, in that facility, there's being overran with rats. Go kill three rats. I can promise you within two minutes, you can kill three rats and be done with it. And that'll give you a little jewel that when you get to the merchant, that'll let you trade with them. I found that helpful because I went in there and I traded the jewels that I had, I'd done a couple of side quests. It allowed me to get a new handgun called the Punisher. I thought it was more powerful than the base model, and I definitely enjoyed it. But with that merchant, not only can you trade with them, you can also sell things. So throughout the world, you can find different treasures. And these are cool, man. Like, they might be cups. They might be masks. Some of them you sell as is. Some of them, though, with the rubies and the quartz that you find throughout the world, you can actually bejewel them, if you will. You stick them in those treasures, and that'll raise the price dramatically so that you can sell it to them and use that to fund buying all the different weapons, ammo, first aid stuff that he sells. And also, he will do things like Fix your knife, for example, and then add upgrades to your weapons. I thought this was really cool. You can upgrade your knife, one, the durability, so it lasts longer, two, the power of it. You can upgrade your different weapons so that, you know, hey, your handgun shoots stronger, or it can hold more ammo or reload speed. You can do that for all the different weapons. Really cool stuff. And one thing that I actually really do like about the way they've done this system is you know how in some games where you go, and let's say you upgrade your shotgun, right? You, you max it out. But then you turn the corner and you find a riot shotgun. Well, you just spent 12 grand maxing out this shotgun. Now you've got this even better shotgun. You go to sell the original shotgun and you're going to get like two grand. Well, in this game, it's not that way. 
when you sell it back, you're going to get almost all of your money back. So it's a really cool system. It's really player friendly. And the other cool thing is I talked about how ammo is very prevalent in the world. As long as you kind of search around, you'll find it. Same thing with money. Almost every villager you kill is going to drop like 200 to $500. Uh, you can smash crates and find a lot of different things. You can shoot the crows. Don't be afraid to shoot the crows when you see them and make money as well. This is important because this just helps build up so you can continuously buy at the merchant. You don't have to be like me. My good friend Hulk and Yoda got a kick out of it. You can check out Hulk and Yoda on Lost at Sea Gaming right here on Spotify. It's a great gaming podcast. He got a kick out of me because I told him, dude, I spent like 20 minutes the first time I went to the merchant because I was so almost terrified of what do I buy? What upgrades do I get? Am I using my money correctly? I got way too in my head. The cool thing about the merchant is and you can almost do no wrong buying because everything you get is going to be worth it, whether it's upgrades or new weapons. And again, if you don't like it, you sell it back to them and you're pretty much going to break even. I will say this when it comes to the combat as well. I do feel like there is an overall nice pace to it. Like I don't feel like you ever go to an area and there's way too many enemies. I feel like there's a nice pace of the amount of people in a bigger area that you got to strategize. Like I've never been to the point that like, I just can't get through this. Like there is some strategy that has to come in play how you take those people out. And again, I just find like it's a nice pace. It's never too many enemies. And then you might follow up an area with a bunch of people with an area with just like one or two. This is just fun. I, I don't know how to explain it other than the combat to me is just a ton of fun. Now, one thing I will point out is the photo mode is, it's not bare bones. It's better than what we got in A Plague's Tale Requiem, for example. You do get logos and, and different frames and stuff. But ultimately for me, I just... Wish there was just a little bit more. I'm a big fan of when you can change the person's facial features, maybe their poses, their eye line. All of that stuff would be cool. But, you know, it's it's a good photo mode, but nothing too crazy. And also, let me just say that the healing items. Now, here's a little bit difference between the healing items and the ammo and the cash in this world. Starting the game off, the first several chapters, I felt like I was always had enough healing items. I will say over the last couple of chapters I've played... I don't want to say that it's been in a situation where, you know, I'm frustrated, but it is definitely one where I'm like, all right, man, I've got to pay attention to my health. I need to be looking for healing items because it's just not as prevalent. So just be aware of that. But overall, my first impression of Resident Evil 4, if you can't tell, is very, very high. I have thoroughly loved my time with this game. I think it's a ton of fun. I can't wait to see, you know, the rest of the story, how it explores. It's been so long that I don't really remember a lot of things. I will say... Where I stopped at this morning was right before a certain lake boss fight. So I'm very excited to see how that all comes to play. So, so far, about five and a half hours into Resident Evil 4, it's getting a big thumbs up from me. So, of course, keep checking out my episodes as I continue to play it. And I talk about it on my future graveyard shifts, and I'll let you know what I think about it when that review... So gamers, if you don't know, you should know I'm a huge WWE fan. I'm a huge WWE game fan, right? So for me, having to wait six months to play WWE 2K22 was brutal. And then what happened is mentally I was like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about 2K23 until later on. I'm just going to stick with 2K22. And then I saw the first trailer. And I saw the John Cena showcase mode. And the idea that you weren't playing as John Cena, but you were playing his opponents who beat him. Sounded like that might be the spice that mode needs and then i saw the war games match and i thought oh man like that whoo that could be a lot of fun and it could be a lot of fun in universe mode which again it has more tools to give you more 
creative options this year and i was like oh man like that was the next thing i was going to do in 22 is universe mode but this mode is going to have more tools like i kind of need that and i'm not going to lie the chance to play is cody rhodes the american nightmare my current favorite wrestler you know we always have current wrestlers that change every few years well he's my number one dude right now the chance to play as him was just it was too much all of that combined i was like that's it sorry 2k22 there's just things about you i'm not going to get to play so i'm very excited that I get to play 2K23 from launch, and it's really cool. One thing that I'm looking forward to is having a whole year, more than likely, until 2K24 drops. I feel like I have time to breathe. I have time to play through showcase mode. I have time to play through my rise, through my GM that looks fantastic this year. I even have time to really kind of go through a long universe mode and try out my faction, because I didn't even really get into either one of those modes for 22, so... I feel like I have a lot of air, a lot of room to breathe with this game, so I'm very, very excited about it. Now, if you haven't played this game, let me just tell you right now, you're in for a visual treat on the PS5. I'm sure the Series X is the same way. I don't know about the Xbox One or the PS4 versions, but I can tell you on this current gen, they look fantastic. And I think it's, you know, it's about that time. I understand COVID and this, you know, this whole first couple years for this generation has a big asterisk by it because of COVID and the effects on the industry. So I think that we're seeing a lot of games in the last six months to year really starting to tap into the power of these consoles. And 2K23 definitely does with its just absolute gorgeous presentation. Everything I have seen so far looks great. I honestly have not seen a lot of clipping issues. And to be honest with you, I can say that the hair looks great in this game because that was one thing that I would point out. And I understand the hair is a hard thing to kind of control in these games. It looks good. In fact, I'll use AJ Styles as an example because currently AJ has longer hair. And you can see in the game, it looks good. You can unlock a version of AJ Styles from 2016 where he had shorter hair and you can actually see the difference. They both move well. It looks really good. I haven't had a lot of women's matches, so maybe it'll look different once I kind of get in. But I've seen Roman Reigns in action and his long hair looks great. So graphically, I'm enjoying it. And you know what? I haven't had any frame rate issues. It hasn't slowed down. It hasn't been sluggish. And that's good because... I obviously tried out war games, and I'm going to be honest with you. Going into war games, I kind of had my doubts. And I say that because I remember in 2K18, I believe, is when they introduced the four-man teams, right? Where you could have four-on-four, and on a base model PS4, it was brutal. I mean, the frame rate would completely slow down. There would just be so much sluggishness going on. And to the point that I never really messed with it in 2K19 or 2K20, because I just, I, I don't know, I just never felt like the PS4 could handle that, right? So I thought, well, can the PS5 handle war games? Well, I am happy to say that it ran as smooth as any one-on-one -on -one match I had. And I loved war games. I mean, it actually plays just like how you see it on TV. Now, if you don't know what war games is, war games is when you have two rings side by side and you have a cage surrounding them. Now, if you're remembering the old school wrestling, like in WCW and NWA, how it had the cage, had the... Uh, top on it this cage doesn't have the top it, it's got an open top which is cool because it allows you to do dives off of it and in current day wwe the war games that they use in nxt and survivor series didn't have a top either so it reflects what wwe is doing but gameplay wise oh man like i said you can do dives off the top of the cage and the rules are right there and they're just like in quote-unquote reality with wwe where you sit there and you have a choice do you want the advantage or do you want it to be random now what the advantage is is the game starts off and you have two teams. You can have either three-man teams or four-man teams. And once the first two people are coming up, whoever gets the advantage, at the end of two minutes, their next person comes in. 
and then the other teams comes in two minutes later. So for a little bit, you get a handicap match. But every time that two minutes is up, the next team always defaults to that team that got the advantage. So every other time, there's going to be a handicap situation going on. It's really cool. It's really fun. The match that I had was the Bloodline, Roman Reigns, Solo, and the Usos versus Cody Rhodes, who I was playing as, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Drew McIntyre. And I got to tell you, man, we were the team at the disadvantage. And yeah, when that extra person would come out, it would kick your butt as you try to hold on. Just kind of wait till you get some relief. But the cool thing is, I love it. I thought this was a little cool little twist is War Games doesn't actually officially start until the final man has entered the match. So if you're the first guy in there, like I was, Cody versus Roman, it's about eight to ten minutes later before the match actually, the bell rings and you hear War Games has officially started. And oh man, it just, it hypes you up. It was so much fun. There's cool things you can do. You can fight between the rings. You can throw people all the way through them. Like I said, jump off the top. You can bounce people off cages. Like it's just a fun mode. And like I said, no slowdowns, no issues, which, mm, mm, mm. it's probably the coolest match they've added in a WWE game, probably since the Elimination Chamber way back on the PS2. So definitely a lot of fun there. So what else have I done? So I've definitely done a few exhibition matches. I've been playing as Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns and just having a ton of fun as I get prepped and mentally excited for WrestleMania this weekend. But other than that, I have actually done a lot of showcase mode. See, my game plan is to finish showcase mode. Then I'm going to start my universe mode. I am so jacked for universe mode this year. And then as a kind of Going back and forth, I'll do universe mode in my GM, and then I'll start my rise. I'll also throw in some my faction, but universe will be something that I continuously play throughout the next year, honestly. But showcase mode is where I've put a lot of my focus at right now, and I gotta say, I am loving it. Like, I think the idea that you're playing as John Cena's opponents and you're beating them just kind of gives that mode the injection of fun that it needed because. One of the things is, I remember thinking this way back when we had the 2K16 Steve Austin mode, and that is the fact that, yeah, even though you had different versions of Steve Austin, you kind of continuously play the same matches. I mean, it felt the same way even when they brought it back for Daniel Bryan. It just kind of felt like, wow, I've kind of been there, done that. So in this mode, playing as different wrestlers, different movesets, different objectives, like it just seems a lot more fun. Like I was thoroughly enjoying how playing as RVD's match played completely different than when I played as The Undertaker's match later on. Like, it just, it, it allows the variety that you need. It doesn't become stale. Now, yes, do I still have my same issues with the amount of objectives? I do. But let me also just say that they've, they're not as bad. Like, they make more sense for the most part. Like, it's not just a bunch of cause damage. Like, I felt like in 2K22s with Rey Mysterio's, there was a lot of just cause damage. Okay, cool, now do this move. Now do this combo. Now... They've kind of broken it up a little bit. You do still kind of have to do, you know, hey, block so many times or, you know, do this vertical suplex just to do a suplex. But it, it does feel like it flows a little bit better. Um, I would say that, yes, I do think that there's, they always come in pairs for the most part. I, I feel like there's always at least a pair or two pair of objectives too long for the matches because, not going to lie, like by halfway through, if you will, I can actually have John Cena where I could probably beat him but you're just continuing on doing the objective. So I feel like they add a little too much, and some of them toward the end don't make sense. Like, if I've sat there and early in the match I had to block three of his moves or dodge three of his moves, it makes sense, right? You're kind of in the beginning of the match. It makes sense to kind of be kind of minimizing your damage. 
However, like late in the match, that just feels like a tacked-on objective because you want to keep the match going a little bit. So I, I definitely think that that's kind of, um, I don't know, man, something they, they really need to improve. But overall, just the match flow, the fun of it, the different people you're playing as, I definitely think it has helped make this mode a lot more enjoyable for me than it has been in a long time. Uh, the video packages before the matches, seeing John Cena talk about his adversaries and what was going through his mind before these matches and stuff. I love it. John Cena is extremely well-spoken. I know people think about his promos, but whenever you see an interview with John Cena, he's very charismatic for one, but he's also very intelligent with what he says and how he talks. And it comes through in this and you just, you feel like this is a very honorary thing for him. Like he is enjoying doing this. So I've definitely loved those packages. Obviously the slingshot technology is back in this game. And that is where you'll have an objective. It'll say, for example, Throw the person out of the ring. And as you throw them out of the ring, it'll go from John Cena flying out of the ring to real footage of John Cena flying out of the ring. And it's seamless. It's so good. It's so well done. It's just, again, it's when that happens in the match, you're like, man, this is this is cool. And you can kind of sit back for a second because most of them last for about a minute or so. So it's really cool to kind of see that match kind of happening in front of you. And then you get back into it and you kind of get a little bit of a, all right, let's do this. Let's kick some butt here. Every reason gets up way too easily in this game look i have the trophy for beating roman reigns on legendary difficulty and yes after a while he did sit there and stay down but in the beginning he was popping up pretty quickly i will say in this mode i do feel like john cena the entire match man he just he gets right up there's no selling from him and this seems like something that wwe games had kind of worked out a while ago of how to make sure that hey when you beat a person down they don't pop right back up john cena pops up in this a lot that comes to be very frustrating when you're like AJ Styles and one of your objectives is to hit a slingshot move, right? Where you got to jump and do like a flip and land on John Cena. But by the time you get to the ropes, he's standing up. And that happens a lot. So I wish that would have changed a little bit. And I also got to say that for the most part, I've always kind of felt like showcase mode, at least the last two years, it's on a different difficulty level. Like you can play on normal, but it's just harder than regular exhibition matches and to be honest with you i kind of feel like it's that sports game shenanigans type deal i've talked about that before in the past where i feel like sometimes you're playing a sports game and like the other team just keeps winning or just keeps getting the perfect shots or whatever it may be it feels like in this game like john cena just kind of absorbs a lot more damage than he needs to he constantly is able to block you versus you blocking him at times so does it happen the entire matches no but like i said when he's constantly popping up and when he just goes on rolls where you can't block him and stuff, that can be like a little one of those things where you kind of scratch your head in annoyance. But one thing I do have to point out about WWE 2K23 that I think is fantastic, a new addition, and no, it's not War Games. I've already talked about how amazing that is. It is the kickout meter. See, now in this game, when you're pinned, you'll see this little box. It'll be red, and it goes back and forth on this little screen. However, when it goes across the cursor, it'll turn green. If you flick up your analog stick at that time you'll kick out i gotta be honest with you i'm probably doing a bad job of explaining it but when you're sitting there and you're pinned and you're waiting for that little box to turn green to flick it feels like you're trying to kick out right at the last moment and i'm gonna tell you man i have been beaten because i personally don't think the move should have you know pinned me but i fell at the mini game and then at other times in showcase mode for example I was The Undertaker, John Cena hit three attitude adjustments in a row on me, and all three, at the last second, I was able to hit that 
flick just right and kick out. And I got to tell you, when that happens, it feels amazing. And I just think it's the best kick out meter they've had in a while. It beats button mashing. It beats holding, you know, a button down for just the right time. Like it just, it's a lot of fun. So for me, so far, I got to say, I've been loving 2K23. I really, truly have. I think one thing that I would hope in the future they do is maybe in those showcase mode matches, since there's so many objectives and you want to clear the objectives so you can unlock different characters and different arenas and whatnot, I would suggest having a mid-match checkpoint so that if you fail, right? Like this morning, I was in the John Cena-Roman Reigns SummerSlam 2021 match and I got counted out right toward the end of that match. I missed three objectives. I got to replay the whole match again. That's a little annoying. I wish that, hey, as long as you got through half the objectives, you could start the match off right there and push forward. I think that would absolutely help kind of ease some of the burdens of that mode. Because like I said, while I do think that they have kind of fixed a lot of my issues with the previous ones, it still feels like there's a lot of objectives that don't need to be done. So it does kind of drag out the matches a little bit. I think a mid-match checkpoint would work wonders for it. But other than that, I've had a great time with it. I cannot wait. I'm very excited to share with you guys my universe mode plans. I'm kind of figuring out how I want to do that. Do I want to do it in a weekly update kind of episodes where I just kind of talk about what happens? Do I want to do it in a blog form? I'm not sure, but I've got a lot of cool ideas, a lot of cool storylines, and I want to share that with you guys. So be on the lookout for that. All right, gamers. So I don't have a graveyard ship because what I've been playing is Resident Evil and WW2K23. And I don't want to get into the details on Resident Evil 4 right now or, you know, give you a match by match of what I've been doing in WWE. So there's no real graveyard shift. However, I promised I was going to bring back my trophy of the month and my game of the month. And with a review being the last week or two, I kind of had to wait till this week to do it, which makes sense. It's the final week of the month anyway. So for my trophy of the month, it has to be Requiem. And that is from Plague's Tale Requiem. And the reason being is as much of a pain as it was for me to get the platinum trophy in Plague's Tale Requiem, and you can check out my review right here to kind of fill in on what that pain was, it's still a platinum. And platinums mean something, man, especially when you set out for the goal of getting a platinum in that game. I love the first Plague's Tale when I saw Plague's Tale 2 come out, I was like, you know what? I can get a Platinum. I want to get that. I want that to be it. And if you go back to my look ahead for 2023 episode, I actually mentioned one of my goals was to get five Platinums. And I kind of felt like God of War and Plague's Tale were going to be the first two for this year to do. So when I actually did it, when I ever came that adversity, that pain in the assness of like the different things you had to do to get it, it felt good. That trophy popped up and it was like, got it. Awesome. So that is definitely my trophy of the month and then as far as game of the month i'm not gonna lie this was tough because plague's tale was an amazing game i've loved ww2k23 resident evil 4 is amazing i have enjoyed my replay of assassin's creed 4 on my switch along with marvel ultimate alliance 3 so to kind of pick one of those as like hey this is it this is your game of the month it was very tough but in the end i gotta say it might only be about five hours into it so far but resident evil 4 is my game of the month i mean this game is superb this is just i was explaining to hulking yoda earlier this week and i called it the right game at the right time right there's different times in our lives and our gaming times where we sit there we play a game that we absolutely love or we play a game that you know we really like but the timing's just not right or the timing's right to play this kind of game but you don't have that game to play so you're playing a different one this is the game for me that it is the right time i felt like playing this style of game i wanted to and then i'm playing a game that is not only this style of game but it is the top of the line for that style of game so for me 
there is no doubt about it, Resident Evil 4 is my game of the month. Well, gamers, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Graveyard Gaming as I kind of give you my first impressions of not only Resident Evil 4, but also WWE 2K23. And I gave you my trophy and my game of the month. I would love to know your thoughts on those things. I'd love to know what you think about Resident Evil 4 or what you think about WWE right now. Or, hey, man, what do you think about getting the Platinum in Plaguesell Requiem? Was it easy for you? Did you feel like it was just too much? I'd love to know. Let me know. TheGraveyardGamerGmo.com. Follow my gaming adventures on Instagram at the graveyard gamer or follow me on twitter i'm always kind of posting random things and different virtual photography type style pics at the graveyard g till next time i'll be creeping on the graveyard (laughs) 